Teachers, happy Friday. It's, what is today? Friday, August 19th. It's me, Brother Lawson. You're listening to the things that we do on Friday. I'm joined today by my illustrious and and world-renowned uh, co-host, Brother Eric Wink. How are you, Brother Wink? Okay. Yeah, I didn't know we went international. I need, oh, to, yeah. <laughs> I need to update my, you know, resume. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I mean, there there are, I mean, we are reaching around the world. There are seminary teachers logging into this from Togo, I think, to get lesson ideas. So right on. it's good to be with you, teachers. We are, for many of you teachers, like you Missourians, you start this week. That's pretty exciting. You Arkansans and, and Georgians, if we got some Georgians listen. Listen, you guys are probably into the thick of it, and you're just uh, it's like seasoned veterans now. It just takes you a week to get up to speed. How's seminary going for you? You've been teaching seminary, Brother Wing. Yeah, I taught seminary this morning, in fact. Mm, I'll tell you a little story, in fact. I, um, I was teaching Psalm 77, mm-hmm. and I thought the first three verses kind of sound a little weird. And so I thought in the NRSV... Yeah. They sound really cool. So I thought I'm going to teach these ninth graders about the NRSV. Yeah. So I, that's how I started class. You know, I said, Have, haven't you ever like had some scriptures that just don't make sense to you? Like, what do you do then? You know, well, here's here's one of many tools. So check this out. And then I read, I have them read along in their King James version while I read the NRSV. All right. And I'm just here to tell you that they did not care. <laughs> <laughs> And so as a teacher, I thought, hey, this is the first week of school. I'm, you know, I'm taking information and now, and I learned something about where they're at, you know, and I was like, okay, NRSV is not necessarily where the, what they care about. And so I'll, I'll adjust and I'm learning and we'll meet them where they are and I'll find it eventually. So one day those kids are going to have a profound love for the NRSV Bible. Yeah. Oh, my lands. Well, that's good. Well, this week, Brother Wing, we we conclude Psalms or we start Psalms, depending on uh, this, this is your first week of, of teaching or not. So uh, this week we've got, um, I think we start in Psalms 102, right? And then we go all the way, we go all the way to the end. So Today, in the thing that we do on Fridays, we're just going to go through and talk about some of the some of the psalms, some of the principles, how you might want to set those up uh, for scripture feasting, and uh, maybe point out some interesting verses and insights along along the way. So, let's jump right in, Brother Wayne. Let's do. Uh, we got one hundred two and one hundred three, and uh, and one ten that first day on Monday, or I guess. Two, what is that? August. Yeah, that's that's Monday. Yeah. So what do you got for 102 and 103 and 110 for us? Here's an idea for 102 that, you know, to start off on Monday as the so many of these Psalms are expressions of feelings. And so mm-hmm. the reader can possibly relate to times in their lives when they have felt this way. In fact, maybe perhaps the Psalms give them a little expression to some inner feelings that uh, they have had. 
um, and how honest the psalmist is. You know, they'll complain. They'll they'll um, even express yes. Yes. misunderstandings about God or wonder if God is there. Like they're giving expression to all of these feelings, and maybe it gives a little bit of encouragement to us that it's okay to tell God how you feel. You know, and you're not perfect in that understanding, and that's okay. So. Um, if I were teaching this in seminary, I could say to my students, Hey, look, note, you're going to notice, you're going to read 102 and you're going to notice the feelings and the expressions and the concerns of this individual. But then I want you to note where it changes, like where the individual seems to stop um, expressing their feelings and start letting those feelings be healed, you mm -hmm. know, or, or, or those thoughts be clarified. So where does, where does it change and how does it change? So this might be a little bit um, more difficult way to study the scriptures, but I, but to me, this was like a, one of the notable places in Psalms where you see the psalmist give all the feelings. Then you see the psalmist like turn to the Lord. And so, mm -hmm. um, so I think it's all good. Like it's all good to express our feelings. And what do we then, what do we then do after that? This, this Psalm will teach us. Right. I like that too. I think it reminds me, uh, that's a good insight. It reminds me of Nephi. We often call what uh, second Nephi for the Psalm of Nephi. And you can see almost the same pattern where he kind of is maybe even complaining a little bit down on himself and then it changes. I think that's a, that's a, a great scripture feasting opportunity for your students. Is, so what did the Psalmist start saying when things started to change for him? What did he start thinking about when things started to change for him? Um, and I think that's a good way to go about that. You know, I, uh, well, what else you got? Cause what, you know what, I got something for 106, which is, which isn't even on our, um, approved list of Psalms to, to study, but I think, I that think approved isn't the right word. They just <laughs> made some selections. You can definitely study 106. Here's a, here's a quick idea on 103. Yeah. So yeah. if you were to, if you had done your quick activity with 102 and they kind of read through it and you can have a discussion on when that change happened and what the psalmist then teaches after that change it then i think it uh sets up 103 pretty well because as 103 teaches us about god so it's a shorter psalm here and i think it, this is an activity you could do with other psalms too um but have two people be um uh assigned to each other to work together, but they're first going to read independently. Mm -hmm. And so you have them read 103 separately and they make a list of, you know, like four things the Psalm teaches about God, 103. And they're just, that's their focus. They're looking, what does this teach me about God? Right. And then they got to sort of, that's the serious part of it, but it might be sort of fun to see if they do that independently. Here are the four what's things that it teaches about God. Then they come together and say, how many can they get the same, you know? And yeah. you could even set this up beforehand with a little short game of, you know, write down four restaurants, fast food restaurants, see how many you get the same or write down four fruits or colors or something like that. Just wake them back up, do that little game. Now you, now you go into the scriptures, do the same thing with scriptures. You're going to find four things about God and see if you can get them the same. And if you don't, it's great. Cause then you just learn something else. Win win right. situation. Right. I was going to say that about that. You know, one of the questions on our bookmark on our scripture feasting bookmark is uh, what do you learn about God or the Savior from these chapters? One of the great things about Psalms is every Psalm 
there's something that's mentioned about the Lord. And so that's kind of a, a standard great question that you could approach in, uh, in with scripture feasting is, what are you learning about the Lord here? Like in section 106, um, section 106 is interesting, I think, to me. Again, it's not picked as part of the, the come follow me, but it's it's not off limits to you. The Throughout 106, it's kind of recounting the history of the children of Israel, and it's talking about how bad they complained, how much they rejected God, how much they didn't know him. And then it will say, and God, nevertheless, uh, he saved them for his namesake. And there's a whole bunch of neverthelesses throughout section 106 or uh, chapter 106 of Psalms, where it just recounts all these horrible things, you know, that the children of Israel are just being wicked. They're not grateful. They're, uh, they're forgetting him. And then the Lord causes, uh, or he blesses them or creates opportunities for them to be blessed. And I think one, I think that might be an interesting chapter to consider because many of your, your youth and young adults oftentimes wonder like, why is it that, uh, why is it that I've got all these rules I'm keeping and all these commandments that I'm, uh, that I'm keeping, but it seems like people who don't have those commandments and don't, the, the things are working out for them. I think one principle is that sometimes God may bless uh, people who are struggling to keep the commandments in order to help them turn towards, turn to him. I know that, you know, sometimes he, sometimes he allows terrible things to happen so that people turn to him. Other times, like with the children of Israel, he had great things happen to them and in order to help build their faith. And so it's not important to, it's not necessarily, you know, looking at others and their circumstances and what's great that's happening in their life uh, might not be a commentary on, on their level of righteousness. It just is, it, it's God working with them in, in a way to, in a way to save them. So I, I think that's kind of, that was an interesting thing to me in section 106. Yeah. Very relevant. Yep. Um, also, I also have something in 107 from the sealed portion of Psalms. Do you even know that we do come follow me? <laughs> it's, it's true. You know, there's a phrase in 107 that's that's repeated at least four times, maybe five times. I may have missed one or two, but it starts there in verse eight. Oh, that men would praise the Lord for his goodness. That phrase is is repeated four times in Psalm 107. I think this is a great, uh, a great chapter about gratitude. Right throughout this, you'll see uh, what happens, the the blessings that come to people who are grateful to God. And the way I might set this up is I might start with, uh, with verse 43 for my context in here. I might say, all right, you guys, let's read section, let's read verse 43 of section 107. Uh, and, and it says, you know, here in Psalms, it says, who, whoso is wise and will observe these things, even they shall understand the loving kindness of the Lord. Well, there's an immediate readiness right there that gets the students maybe interested in reading Psalms 107, like, what are these things? What are these things that, that I need to observe so that I can understand the loving kindness of the Lord? Psalms 107 answers uh, what it is that you need to, to observe in order to, in order to understand the loving kindness of the Lord. So that's an idea for 107. 
man, almost almost thou convincest me to <laughs> add on some psalms here. <laughs> in all seriousness, teachers, I think this is you if you see other psalms in addition to the because you know, come follow me is having to summarize this, they're moving so fast mm -hmm. uh, through the content. If you see something that's going to be particularly helpful or relevant um to your students, then yeah, for sure. Let's let's just teach the psalms here. They'll they'll we're summarizing a lot of the con content anyway. And we're having to pick the parts that's going to be that are be best for them. So, I mean, I Psalm 108 honestly is I really like. What? I even like how it starts. Man, they should put us in charge of curriculum. <laughs> Look at that 108 verse one. Just the verse. For, oh God, oh God, my heart is fixed. I will sing and give praise even with my glory. And then you know it continues from there. But that's a really nice yeah. Song. I like. I actually marked. I don't even know why I did. I just thought it was funny. I marked verse nine. Moab, <laughs> Moab is, is my, my wash, wash. <laughs> is my wash pot. <laughs> Over Edom will I cast out my shoe. So I just thought those were funny verses. I don't know. <laughs> Obviously, the psalmist was not too pleased with Moab or Edom. So yeah, a little scriptural smack talk right there. Exactly. We like that. Um, all right. So one ten is on there, and one ten is kind of cool. There's some there's some language in section or in chapter one ten that. Uh, your students will be familiar with like we we have the word Melchizedek that shows up there we've got this is a, a messianic psalm which means it's a prophecy of of Jesus or it talks about Jesus um, what do you see in what do you like about section 110 or I keep calling them sections is that are you okay with that brother wing if I call I was section? doing that too and maybe that's <laughs> maybe I got it from you <laughs> I don't know about you <laughs> I like how this is a, a place to remind the students that when you see the all caps Lord in the King James version, that this, it would have said Jehovah there, yeah. which makes the first one make more sense. Yeah. You know, Jehovah said unto my Lord, otherwise the Lord said unto my Lord and you're like, right. what is going on here? But Jehovah said unto my Lord or the King, King, you know, sit thou in my right hand. So the King is going to have greater success as he honors Jehovah, you know, and so it doesn't matter worldly power, um, you know, it doesn't matter. It's that we use that to give praise to the Lord and he is, he will rule. Jehovah will rule and send out the rod of strength, you know, and rule in the midst of thine enemies. And so that is what we all want to do with our lives is, is uh, recognize the Lord's power and what he can do for us. And that in the end, it is the Lord that's going to rule over and I know like verses like verse six sounds kind of like this isn't super uplifting to read how he'll judge the heathen and fill the places with dead bodies and shall wound the heads over many countries, like basically destroy the earth. And so that doesn't sound real comfortable, except if you think if there's a bunch of evil guys running the world, you know, but the fact that the Lord has a sweeping power over them, well, that would right. make make things a lot more comfortable for you as you have to deal with that temporary situation. And so, cause the Lord is the one who will conquer in the end. Right. I like in, I like that phrase in verse two, the Lord shall send the rod of thy strength. There's a great footnote for doctrine covenants one thirteen. It's interesting to, to study that what, you know, the stem of Jesse and the rod, what does that mean? There's some, there's a great Bruce R. McConkie quote about that. Um, I'll let you teachers read that and, ponder upon that's meaning um and then verse four we we get 
uh, we get that separate office, right? Thou art a priest forever after the order of Melchizedek, a high priest. Man, where could you go if you wanted to learn more about the office of high priest? Maybe I'll put a link to my master's thesis. Just kidding. But but there is a, I like this because most priests um, at this time in the Old Testament, they are Aaronic priesthood high priests. David here, or the, the uh, David here is mentioning that there are priests after the order of Melchizedek too. And those are the ones uh, that are going to be uh, exalted. Those are the ones who are going to be kings in the, in the last day. So that's kind of some, there's some good doctrine there in section one in chapter 110. Um, I also like 111, even though it's not one of our Psalms. Um, it keeps saying all through 111. Uh, the works of the Lord, his works, his wonderful works, um, his works. It talks about the covenant. He's mindful of covenants. So I think that you could just you could just have them quickly read Psalms 111 and say, what are some of the what are some of the ways that the Lord is is working for you or what blessings are given to the righteous that are mentioned in in Psalms 111? And there's some great ones in Psalms 111. So there's a little idea there. All We're right. throwing a lot of ideas at you, teachers, and but this is where you don't feel like you have to teach all of this, right? You, yeah. you can be selective. In fact, you have to be selective um, to be successful. And you're, you are the teacher in that classroom. So you're going to choose um, what you think is best uh, for the students and don't feel any kind of guilt if you have left something out, especially if it's not one of the come follow me right. chapters anyway. <laughs> exactly. uh, but just take these ideas, say like, okay, that's where I want to focus my attention or I'm going to hit these three or something right. like that. But Remember, speaking of that, yeah. Brother Lawson, tell us tell us what you like about Psalm 115. Well, one, I actually like one, 114 more, okay. than, more than 115. <laughs> Sorry but... for trying to move us along. <laughs> but I do like 115. Uh, in fact, we'll talk about 115. The um, yeah, just uh, just to add on to what you're saying, brother Winger, to confirm or add a second witness. Like teachers, you don't worry about covering all of Psalms. Worry about your students deepening their conversion to the gospel of Jesus Christ. And so, whatever Psalms are going to help your students become more deeply converted, those are the ones you use right in your class. So, one fifteen. I love this. I think there's some great application uh, in section in. Chapter 115 for your for your students, especially as as so many um, we you know maybe not just teenagers but all of us we worry about being accepted by other people and um, and maybe we seek to to receive blessings from our peers rather than from rather than from God. The, I think this this there's a theme of this. I think through section 115 or chapter 115 through 118 is there's a theme of who are you listening to? Are you listening to the Lord? Or are you listening to your friends? So it starts off, I like in 115 where it starts off talking about idols, like these idols, they have mouths, but they don't speak. They have ears. They don't listen to anybody though. They have hands, but they don't do anything with these hands. But then in verse eight, I really like when uh, the psalmist says, they that make them, they that make those idols, are like unto them. So is everyone that trusteth in them, meaning they, they can't think for themselves. They can't speak for themselves. They can't work for themselves. They're totally dependent on what others think and say and do, or more basically don't say, think or do 
But then he goes in and says, and he just pleads with us in nine and 10, trust in the Lord, uh, trust in the Lord. That's where you're going to get your, that's where you can get your direction from. That's where you're going to get your strokes from. Don't worry about your, um, what your friends are, are advising you. Uh, worry about what the Lord wants you to do. So that's what I like about 115. How about you? Oh, I like that too. Amen. Good. Good. And then we got uh, we got 116. And what are we going through? 116 through 119? Yeah. I really like I really like 118. Do you got anything good in 116 and 117? Yeah, 116 has so many like really short phrases in there. And I, I know we focus on this a lot and we kind of used this last week as well. But this is another place where you know, students are studying. It might be a good way to, if you're, if you're teaching 116 to 119 in one day, this might be a good place to start because it'll kind of wake them up, get them going on, hey, analyze the text and just find a phrase that really speaks to you uh, here. And there's a lot, you know, that even the way that it starts, I love the Lord, but verse five, gracious is the Lord. Or verse seven, return unto thy rest, O my soul. You know, like, you know, thinking of how, sin and worldliness can kind of get us uh, out of sync, you know, and let's, let's go back to the Lord and find, find the peace that he can provide. Um, and the recognition of what to do when we've repented and go forward, um, in our lives that has delivered my soul, you know, from death. Verse eight, I will walk before the Lord in the land of the living, you know, like, uh, so there, there's just a lot of great, uh, statements in here that the that the students could um, connect with and use maybe even uh, start to figure out how they want to mark uh, or annotate verses or phrases in their scriptures or write them so that they can see them later you know um, so there's just that's that to me would be a, a one way to teach 116 and by the way 117 yeah have you heard this is this the this is apparently this is the chat the middle chapter of the entire Bible. Like there's as many chapters for oh, it, it as there are after it. Wow, is that right? I don't know. I mean, Google that. I might have made that up. I don't think I did make that up. I think that's true. But anyway, <laughs> it's it's two verses long, and so it's like a little that might be kind of at least interesting to your students. Middle chapter. I'm googling it. The middle chapter <laughs> right of the now. Bible. Yeah, it is. It's 117. You're right. According okay. to if you lack wisdom, let them ask of Google. All right. That <laughs> is. I can't believe somebody figured that out. I guess that was the I bet some seminary kid figured that out <laughs> during the Old Testament year. So <laughs> excellent. You know, it's in Psalm 118. Uh again, back to that theme of of sometimes our students really worrying about. Uh, what others think about them and and how they're perceived by others. It's just a, a natural man thing. Psalms 118 is for them. And and maybe you could ask a question. This is a question I just kind of was thinking about as I after I read Psalms 118 is what's the relationship between how you view your friends and how you view God? And so like who who are you listening to most? Who do you seek counsel from and revelation from most? Um there's some great verses in, in 118, the verse six, the Lord is on my side. I will not fear. What can man do unto me? That might be interesting to talk with your students. What can man do unto you? Like what, what are, and what can the Lord do unto you? Um, 
Verse eight, it's better to trust in the Lord than to put confidence in man. I think another interesting discussion you might have, maybe this might be a little bit deep for early in the morning, but what's the difference between trust and confidence? And maybe think about, all right, so we're supposed to trust in the Lord. It's better to trust in the Lord to have than have confidence in man. One of the things, as I've studied trust, um, is that trust requires three things. It requires um a perception, us to perceive that that God has the ability to help us or that a person has the ability to help us, that they have integrity, meaning they're honest, and um, that they are genuinely interested in our benefit. So you could be confident in somebody, like I'm, I'm confident that Satan is going to try to tempt me, right? But that doesn't mean that um, I think he has my best interest in my, I don't trust him. And so sometimes, you know, placing confidence in, in natural men and women isn't going to get us as far as having trust in God, perceiving his ability and his genuine love for us and, and his honesty. So um, there's some great, I also like in verse 22, the stone which the builders or your friends or the world has refused is become the headstone of the corner. That stone is Jesus, and he has become the cornerstone. Many people have rejected him and said that's pointless to believe in him, uh, believe in the self-help book or the or whatever it is instead. Um, and so they've tossed that stone away, and we're making it our cor- our cornerstone. Yeah, and and I love that, and that's the focus of it. And this this kind of helps us then to see the Savior uh, in the text and recognize that as we choose to kind of put our trust in the Lord more than man, right? right? That we are choosing Jesus Christ and we're going to, we're going to see more of him in our lives and more power, you know, and doctrine and covenants uh, section three, verse seven says, for behold, you should not have feared man more than God. This is after they lost 116 pages. And so um, interesting. I mean, Psalms reading Psalm 118, uh, might have helped back in that day, you know? <laughs> but I'm not going to judge Joseph or Martin. Right. But I would just say, like, we all have a challenge of putting our trust in God right. over a confidence in man. Oh, yeah. Too. And so, therefore, Psalm 118 can be a good reminder for us and a help and a strength. I like it. Psalm 119 is a couple of verses long. What uh, What can you tell us about 119, Brother Wing? So some of, some of the teachers down here in Arkansas have heard me share this idea. It might be kind of fun. You'll notice that each of these uh, sections in within Psalm 119 is by titled by a Hebrew alphabet. Mm-hmm. Um, and all if you were to read this in Hebrew, obviously it goes right to left. So the first letter is the letter that it shows there. And all right. of those verses start with that letter. Anyway. But the students don't know this. <laughs> and so um, <laughs> you could just give them all of those Hebrew letter names there, the 22 of them, mm-hmm. and then um, just display them and have them pick one of them. And then that's their eight verse section. That's and good. So they go to those eight verses and then they read those eight verses and then they have to decide um, what they learned about the word of God. From those eight verses because all of this is about the word of god um and so i think uh take a little chunk read the eight verses and come to have a little summary there 
then you could, if they didn't happen to pick ones that you really liked <laughs> teachers, then <laughs> go back and make sure that they got like, you know, verse 119 uh, for, or 105. Yeah. Go, go to verse 105. That's a really good one to, to emphasize. And then you could talk a little bit about daily scripture study and why it's so important to value the word of God. Whoever wrote this Psalm, doing it by this alphabet here. He was like, man, I just want to really emphasize the word of God, you know, and I'm going to share what I learned in this poetic way. And so he was, he was really focused on the word and we can too. It seems. And I think that's a great way to approach the next sections too. Uh, you got 127 and 128 and then 135 through uh, I think 139. Yeah. Um, but I think that's a, that's another great way to approach it. Those are just small little Psalms, little, little teeny songs. Uh, and um, I think they, you know, 127 might be the most popular, most famous of them all talking about uh, families and, and happiness that, is, that can exist in, in families. So you might get some mileage out of 127, um, but you could do the same thing and just split these up among your class and, then have them give a little presentation on, you know, what did we learn? Uh, what did we learn about the word of God? Or what did we learn from the word of God in this short Psalm? Yeah. Other hey, we're, we're in sync because that's what I thought. If you divide them up into small groups, 127, 128, and then 135 through 138, and they each take one of those and they kind of come up with what they think is the, the, the best part about that, have them like look for an image in there or look for a verse that's notable or look for an overall theme. You know, you can have them look for all of that within their, their Psalm. And then they kind of present it to each other, but the way to weave this together so that they're not just zoning out when other people are talking about their Psalm is to have the students say, as you listen to each other's presentations on their Psalm, you're listening for your one idea. You're listening for ideas on how to praise the Lord in your own life, because all of these are about praising the Lord. And so what's something specific that you can do today to praise the Lord? You're, you're listening for that answer as you listen to each group's presentation about their yeah. song. That's a good and idea. And have, you know, have a paper there, a journal, so that they can be taking notes and ideas, and then give them some time to think about that after it's done. 139 might be a way of kind of summarizing all of this and giving some inspiration there. Right. I do like that in 139 that you know, off, throughout 139, or at least a couple of times, uh, the psalmist says, search me. Uh, he wants the Lord to like search every part of him. And, and you know, we got to, he wants every part of him that isn't right before the Lord to be taken out of him. Um, I also thought it was interesting in 137 where it said, you know, by the verse one, by the rivers of Babylon, there we sat down. Yea, we wept when we remembered Zion. All right. at, at one point, uh, the, the children of Israel had a crisis of doubt, is what I like to call it. Is when when they looked and they saw, oh man, our look at what our actions have wound us up. We're now in uh, in Babylon instead of in Zion, and that sometimes happens. Uh, that has to happen in order for godly sorrow to enter into our heart. We have to we have to recognize. <laughs> our doubts and our um, our decisions have caused us to be in a condition that we don't necessarily want to be in. All right, so let's let's skip to the end, brother Wayne. Forty one forty six through one fifty. What do you got for uh, one forty six through one fifty? Happy is he that hath God of Jacob for his help. Yeah, 
I would say if you if you haven't already, teachers, I would definitely listen. Let them listen to some music. You know, this this may you might have already done something like this earlier with your teaching in Psalms, but I want to if you're gonna like end the the book of Psalms now. You've been studying it for three weeks and come follow mm-hmm. me. Um, let's listen to some music. Uh, you might bring in a Mormon Tabernacle Choir song, or you might sing together, or I mean, I would probably let them listen to some song that's like really good and really touching. You know, mm-hmm. remember that time they sang "I Love the Lord" in I think yep. it was in priesthood session that one mm-hmm. year back in like oh seven or something like that. I mean, that was that's a really cool song. But there are tons of others that are really good, and let them kind of let that like settle their heart and kind of feel the music, and then use. 146 to 150 now to kind of walk through here and kind of develop their own way of expressing um, their love of the Lord, you know? And so what's a way that you you could do it in poetry. You could do it by drawing. You could make some goals in your life about how you want to change um, things. So that's how I would kind of introduce this to then go into it, looking for those ways to apply it. Yeah, this is a way I think that you can, I think you could involve students in, maybe you have one that feels comfortable singing in your class, singing a solo. Maybe you have someone that would be willing to share what their favorite hymn is in, in the hymn book, and they could share uh, with, with the class, why that's their favorite hymn. What do they learn about the Savior? What do they feel about the gospel? Because of that, because of that hymn. All right, there it is. That's the book of Psalms. They made it all the way there. And uh, and you do have a doctoral mastery day next. Uh, you have, what are you, we got? Uh, Psalms 24, three and four. It's a good one. Uh, I got a quick idea for that. What do you got? Have them read the two verses just like five times or 10 times, like start to accidentally memorize it basically. And then have them become a topical guide pro and so they're going to look up they're going to go down there and they're going to see where it says topical guide this or topical guide that and they're going to look they go look that up and so become a topical guide pro and see how the topical guide helps you to learn more about those two verses so that would be a good little scripture feasting for doctrinal mastery and that's the theme scripture for the youth this year as well and so that's a good one to accidentally memorize All right, teachers, we're glad that you joined us. Please, you can feel free on the Facebook page or uh, texting, email to ask us any questions. We'd love to respond and and help you out. Uh, And so we're just, we love working with you. Hanging out with you is is one of our favorite parts of, of our job. So hang in there, everybody. We love your guts. Stay righteous.